Was this the best AEW Dynamite episode yet? I don't know, but it certainly was the most newsworthy of them all. I don't even know where to start because while I was watching the show, every single segment got me excited, but then when it comes to Sting debuting, I marked out like a little bitch, I was running around my bedroom screaming, it's gotta be Sting, and I am not afraid to admit it. And I thought to myself, well it's gotta be the most important moment of this whole dynamite. It doesn't matter who will win, Moxley or Mega, because Sting just debuted. Oh boy, how was I wrong? Because then main event happened, great match, with even better finish in a way. And I, I truly don't know where to start, but we're gonna find out right now at my AEW Dynamite review. But before we're gonna review Dynamite, I just want to touch on something that Tony Khan said on a media call before winter is coming. He said that he will structure the show a little bit differently, more like a pay-per-view, and I thought that the decision to cut off some promo segments to make it more action-filled and to put women's match in a different position than it normally was, was a brilliant decision. You might argue that, hey, last hour was incredible, but the first hour could have felt a little bit lackluster, and I would absolutely disagree with you because the first match of the night was the fun, chaotic battle royal for the diamond ring, where multiple storylines were told, Matt Hardy being much more vicious, eliminating a lot of people, even eliminating Adam Page and Isaiah Cassidy who he's so close to, private party, Hardy party, I mean, this new character of Matt Hardy might work out great for him, being much more vicious but also much more arrogant than he normally is. Then the continuation of the storyline between Sean Spears and Scorpio Sky, when Sean Spears brutally eliminated Matt Seidel, then being eliminated by Scorpio Sky. After a couple of minutes, he loaded his glove, he punched Scorpio Sky right in his face, and Warlow eliminated him. Proving that this storyline is not over yet, but we're gonna go to the conclusion relatively soon. Then we had my favorite storyline of them all, Adam Page and Dark Order. Dark Order always tried to help Adam Page whenever he was in trouble, and Adam Page returned to bed when Luther nearly eliminated Dark Order, he helped out them. And then eventually when Dark Order were eliminated, Matt Hardy nearly eliminated Adam Page, but Dark Order caught him, allowing him to perform a beautiful boxer lariat on Mark Quinn, but then immediately being eliminated by Matt Hardy. Once again, Beautiful storyline continuation for Dark Order and Adam Page when after he was eliminated, he followed the Dark Order. But also a big plus for Matt Hardy eliminating one of the biggest stars, the biggest star in this battle royal, Adam Page. But then the final part of this battle royal came in after Orange Cassidy eliminated Kip Sabian, Miro came to the outside, absolutely destroyed Orange come back to the ring, eliminated Lee Johnson, Matt Hardy, and Mark Quinn, and George Nella. And after this, we had a beautiful stare down between Warlow and Miro. They had a beautiful sequence just punching each other into the face, but then 
obviously Sammy Guevara and MGF who's still in the match helped him out try to push Mira to the ground but he absolutely destroyed them allowing Warlow to hit a beautiful clothesline on Miro. After a little sequence eventually Miro was eliminated by Warlow, Sammy Guevara and MJF. Then Jungle Boy who was standing alone and apart from three members of the inner circle fought back and he had this beautiful sequence with Sammy Guevara on the apron when they were doing this incredible moonsaults, flips, super kicks, everything you can imagine being done on the apron. It was so risky, not only because you might be eliminated, but it's an apron and they are doing so much there that it's just mind-blowing. And then Sammy Guevara went for Spanish Fly to destroy Jungle Boy, but MJF pushed Jungle Boy and Sammy Guevara down, eliminating both of them. After this, he pretended he's, he never wanted to eliminate Sammy, but it was already too late. And it seems like Warlow and MJF are victorious, but no, no, no. Orange Cassidy is still there. Warlow brings him back, but Orange nearly eliminates MJF. Warlow catches him, brings him back to the ring. MJF obviously is unhappy with, or with Warlow, allowing... Orange to hit one orange punch on Warlow, then one on MGF, and then another at Warlow, eliminating him and setting the next week match with Orange Cassidy and MGF for the for the diamond ring. It was a fun little battle royal that allowed Mira to look like a hundred bucks, developing a lot of storylines and basically being very good. I truly enjoyed this match. But no time to rest because next is Frankie Kazarian versus Chris Jericho for the first time ever. And once again, it's mind blowing that they never met in one ring, but hey, it's time. And it was a fun, solid match that made Frankie Kazarian look great. He performed a lot of cool moves that I never thought he would do against Chris Jericho, who's like 50 years old. One included Spanish flying from a top rope. I never expected to see Chris getting hit with a Spanish fly at his age, but hey, it happened. Overall, fun, solid match, uh, pr not particularly fast, pretty slow, to be honest, and I enjoyed it as well. I thought that the match itself was fun, but the ending and the post-match was much more interesting, because after Ortiz decided not to interrupt Chris Jericho's match, because Jake Hager makes sure that Chris will do it by himself, MJF came out with a towel, the same towel it seems like that he threw when Cody was fighting against Chris Jericho, but Sammy Guevara stopped him, he punched him out, he grabbed the towel, and Chris Jericho saw Sammy get in the towel, and he thought that, hey, Sammy gonna throw the towel, so don't you dare do it. After a little sequence, Chris Jericho won with a Judas effect, but after the match, we had a brilliant segment with Sammy pushing back MJF, MJF pushing back, the whole inner circle nearly imploded, but Chris Jericho grabbed a mic and said, hey, each and every one of you stop, it's not what we planned, we are the inner circle, and next week we're gonna have an ultimatum, either we're gonna work together, either we're just gonna break down forever, that's it, and he just walked away, brilliant segment setting up next week ultimatum and what's going to happen i think at first it's going to be a diamond uh, ring match where mgf nearly going to lose 
but Sammy Guevara will save the day and he will help out MJF. And after this, in this ultimato, Sammy Guevara will basically prove that he is willing to work with MJF for the greater good of Inner Circle. And that's why Inner Circle will be together for a little longer until eventually we're gonna have a match between MJF and Sammy Guevara. Or at least that's what's gonna happen in my opinion next week. After this, we had a little backstage interview with the Young Bucks. They were rudely interrupted by the Clade, who are mostly featured on Dark, and I'm pretty sure it's their Dynamite debut. They caught a little bit of a rap saying, hey, your book is garbage, you look like you're looking at each other erection, and this nonsense, and then TH2 attacked Young Bucks. But then, SCU went for help. Not only did we establish that next week we're gonna have TH2 in the Young Bucks, and if TH2 will win, they will challenge for the titles, but also I think we're gonna have a debut match on Dynamite for their claim against SCU, and even though it wasn't like fun, funny segment, or overall pretty interesting, I think that it's a good one segment. I think it established a couple of things, and it will help to develop they clade down the line. Good stuff. After this, we had Dr. Britt Baker versus Layla Hirsch in a match that went maybe a little bit too long, but overall was again very solid. Very technical, submission-based match with Layla Hirsch mostly working on the arm with the armbar of Britt Baker and Britt obviously trying to get out of the armbar and finish Layla Hirsch with the finisher of her own. And that's exactly what happened down the line as I said, very fun match where Britt Baker won. After the match, Thunder Rosa appeared and she attacked the living shit out of Britt Baker. Only like 10 referees stopped this beatdown. And then Thunder Rosa escaped, beat up Red Bull, then once again tried to go for, th for Britt Baker, but it once again was stopped by the referees. Beautiful segment. I'm very excited to see them finally implode on one ring. Beautiful storyline for women's finally something that we've all been asking for for months If not a whole damn year, but finally we're getting a big feud that it's not for the title because after Next match we had a segment with Hikoshida where Alex Marez asked her about Abaddon She said I'm not afraid of Abaddon. She's just a cosplay girl doing a cosplay of a zombie but then she heard a ring and ring of a bell, and she decided to get the fuck out of here. I would do the same because I wouldn't want to face against Abaddon. And I think it's two good segments that really put those two feuds on the map. Thunder Rose and Dr. Britt Baker, and eventually Abaddon versus Hikoshida, maybe not for the title. Or down the line for the title. Two very good segments. And now let's talk about the match between Powerhouse Hopes and Ricky Starks versus Darby Allen and Cody Rhodes. Immediately Darby Allen and Cody Rhodes took control of the match after they jumped those two guys and they were in control for a big portion of the match because they beat the living crap out of Ricky Starks. Whenever he tried to go for attack, obviously they got cut off. He got beat down by the beautiful beautiful combination by Cody and Darby because they're gelling together quite well because it's not their first time to be in a team but overall this match was constructed so so powerhouse hopes would look 
dominate as hell. When he finally got the tag, he absolutely destroyed Darby Allen. Absolutely destroyed, and I mean absolutely destroyed. He had him by his head and throw him in the explosive suplex. It was so mind blowing. He just he just carried Darby Allen like he was a pharaoh. I don't know. It, it was beautiful. Overall, Darby gave attack to Cody. Hot tag. Uh, Ricky Starks already was in the ring, and they finished him up after. Darby Allen hit him with a coffin drop. Nice fun match that looked powerhouse hopes looked like a million dollars. He was incredible. But also Darby Allen finally getting a win after becoming TNT champion. But after the match, Team Taz jumped Cody, Darby, even Arn. Then Dustin Rhodes came out for help, but Brian Cage came out to absolutely demolish him. And then when when Powerhouse Hobbs grabbed after W title and was about to head, Cody, the lights got off and the music started playing. And I immediately thought to myself, who is this? I heard the tune and I thought to myself, it's Sting. It's gotta be Sting. I paused the video. I jumped up from my bed, run around, scream like a little bitch, come back, sit down, see the crowd, see the Sting, and I lost my mind. I mean, it was a beautiful moment. Sting came out to the ring with his bat, stared down first at Arn Anderson, then on Cody, then on Dustin, and then eventually on Darby Allen for quite a long stare down. And I cannot wait to see what they're gonna do, because it's not gonna be a feud between Darby or Sting. I think it's gonna be more of a mentor situation, and I cannot wait, because later on, Jim Ross revealed that, hey, Tony Khan just signed Sting for a multi-year deal, and it seems like it's going to be a three-year deal, but most importantly, next week, we're going to hear from Sting for the first time in 18 years on TNT, and the one who will take the interview will be Tony Schiavone. Oh, just, just marvelous stuff. I, I truly don't know when was the last time when I marked out so bad. Even Edge returning wasn't so surprising to me because I heard reports that he will come back. I knew the speculation and seeing I knew he will come to AEW eventually, it was obvious. But him debuting here was so unpredictable that I literally jumped out of my bed. And those emotions are something that I haven't had in pro wrestling for quite some time. It was years since the last time I felt this and it only multiplied after the main event. Kenny Omega versus John Moxley for the AEW World Championship. It was a 30 minute match, very hard hitting, very vicious, maybe a little bit too slow and I would agree that the first part maybe was a little bit uh, not necessary when they went outside near the crowd and fight it for a little while there but then once they came back to the ring and after the commercial break it was a beautiful match. The sequence between John and Kenny after they hit each other with suplexes, after they hit each other with the main maneuvers, after John Moxley hit a paradigm shift, I literally thought, oh wait, are they gonna do this? John Moxley gonna retain one, two, one of the best near falls of this fucking night. Probably the best one. Kick out. Oh, I was so hyped. Then a couple of sequences later, Kenny tried to go for one winged angel. John escaped, but then 
can you put him in this beautiful German suplex roll-up? And only two. Oh, beautiful, beautiful stuff. And after a little while, John Moxley went outside. After hitting another paradigm shift, he went outside, grabbed some chairs, and everyone on commentary said, Please don't do this, John. Not like this. You're a fighting champion. You're not supposed to get disqualified for nothing. But instead, he put the chairs, he sit down on one, can he sit down on the other, and they just slapped the living shit out of each other. Beautiful stuff. But then, after a couple of sequences, they went to the outside, and Joe Moxley once again hit Kenny Omega with a paradigm shift, now at one of the hitters that was supposed to hit up the Daily's place. After this, referee wanted to stop the match, but he said to John Moxley, don't touch him, or else I will disqualify you. Uh, he, he said to doctors to come out, they checked out on Kenny Omega, but John Moxley couldn't wait any longer, he brought him back to the ring, started beating the living shit out of him. But then Don Callis, who was on commentary throughout this whole match, he came out to John, he grabbed the microphone, he said, he's hurt, he need medical attention, but then John Moxley just hit him. But this little moment allowed Don Collins to slip the microphone to Kenny Omega. Kenny grabbed the microphone and he ruined his own gentleman's agreement. He hit John Moxley with this microphone. After this, John Moxley was bleeding, and then one of the trigger, two of the triggers, three of the triggers, four of the triggers, and one winged angel to end the match. Beautiful, beautiful ending. But then Don Callis immediately grabs the belt, gets Kenny, and then they just run out. Commentary calls it a screw job. Everyone is booing backstage. They're saying, What are you doing? What are you doing, Kenny? And then Alex Marvez catches up to Don Callis and Kenny Omega while they're sitting in the car and asks him, What the hell is going on? What's going to happen next? And Don Callis just says, Tune in next Tuesday to find out. Marvez asks, But it's not dynamite. Dynamite is on Wednesday night. And Don Callis just says, Axe TV. Impact Wrestling, you're gonna hear first from Kenny Omega there. And that's how the show ended. Oh my beautiful, beautiful Jesus Christ, what, what is going on in the world of pro wrestling? I mean, this is exactly what all fans were waiting to see, maybe with New Japan, but still, it's a very nice stepping stone in the right direction. It's basically an exception that we're gonna have Impact and AEW working together down the line. And it means we're going to have some beautiful matches down the line. North FTR, Motor City Machine Gun and Young Bucks, or Carl Anderson and Doc Gallus versus Young Bucks. Oh my god. So many roads are now open. And that's all. How Tony Khan said, the power in wrestling is shifting. And oh my god, he was absolutely correct. This was one of the best dynamites I've seen. This was one of the best shows in pro wrestling, not only on free TV, but overall, that I've seen in years. I, I will cherish this moment in my dream because this is something that I missed in pro wrestling. Those emotions, this feeling of excitement that I, I wonder did I ever had them because it's been so long.
And I cannot wait to see what's going to happen next. And I'm so glad that you're going to follow this journey with me. So thank you guys for listening and hear you soon.